Welcome to Training for Manhood, an ongoing exploration and adventure intended to be fast, fun, and formative for guys who desire to be the best men they can. Young or old, there are always areas for improvement, growth, and maturity. We hope you'll pay attention and put into practice the useful advice you hear on this podcast. But remember, the goal isn't just to listen, but to do what you learn. Welcome to Training for Manhood. All right, welcome back to Training for Manhood. This is Dan Panetta. I've got Grace and Frank again. Oh, uh, come on. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I made it back. Yes. I don't know. Well, we had a conversation earlier, and we talked a little bit. Um, you're um, you're young. You're engaged. You're about to get married. Um, congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Um, and uh, um, Bailey, obviously, she must be brilliant. Right? She's amazing. She must be because, I mean <laughs> – well, you know. I I kicked my coverage. That's well, okay, for sure. Okay, here's the funny thing, right? We we talk about this, and, and you and I didn't talk about this before. Okay. Oh. But we've talked about that particular statement. Okay. Mm. And I want you to process it for one second before we move on to the next part. Okay. okay. And that is, um, Bailey didn't outkick her coverage because that would be an insult to her that she settled for you. Does that make sense? Ooh, yes. Right? Like you outkicked your coverage, you mm-hmm. know, you know, because you got something above you, right? That means she settled for you. So my thing is, Bailey obviously must be brilliant and wonderful because she pursued somebody wonderful like you. You must be an intelligent, wonderful guy because you got somebody as great as Bailey. Now I've never met Bailey, so I'm just I'm going I'm going <laughs> No, with. I love it. No, I'm like my I'm, head is just I'm just I'm just so hoping she's a great girl. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. but I'm we'll, we'll that, check back in in a few years. Exactly. But I'm taking that into account that I know you, mm-hmm. right? And I know the kind of young lady that you would bring into your life to say, I want this to be my spouse. Right. Absolutely. And I know your family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is, is good and it's kind of scary. And, and but I, yeah, you yeah, do. And I know the, the kind of young lady that your family would say, hey, Grayson, that's somebody worth marrying. Yeah. Right? So I haven't met her yet, but I'm excited about her already in terms of like what a wonderful young lady she must be for all of those things to line up. Absolutely. And I just want to cut in for a second for guys who are like, okay, I know I'm – it's like, okay – other centered during singleness, it can be fun, it can be amazing. Yeah. But w- how do we get to the part where I find the girl? Oh. And that's such a good question. Oh, get, um, that, that thought kind of went through your head. <laughs> You're yeah. Like, I, I got to go back to this guy. Who's no, like, seriously. Is you didn't answer this? Okay. No, go, go back and help, uh, help him out. A as, a, as a single person, I would yeah. always yeah. listen to these podcasts. It's like, yeah. okay, I need to do this, I need yeah. to be disciplined. But like, how do I actually go out and find the girl? Totally. Um, and truthfully, this is how Bailey and I met. It's through a mutual friend. And so now I've, I'm kind of seeing how if I know somebody who knows me, knows my family and knows kind of what I stand for and what I believe, then I probably have a way better chance of finding that person. If somebody else knows both of us, than just me going to a random place, finding a random person and hoping to, to find the one. Right. And so guys pro tip Ask your friends to set you up. The friends that you trust, that know you, that might even know your family, ask them to set you up. It cuts the work in half. Seriously. Okay. Because instead of trying to find one in a million, you're finding, you're multiplying the work uh, or maybe dividing the work between you and your other friends that you trust. Because they're now looking for other people who uh, 
would match or compliment you because they know you as well. Yeah. And so finding people that know you well and can set you up might just be a game changer for you in your pursuit of finding the one. There you go. Little but, pro, yeah, little pro tip. How do you find the one? Okay, so right now. Let's go off track. No, you yeah. They're, it's all off track, right? I love it. I love it. I was just like, oh, we're, if I knew that as a single guy, yeah, I would have totally would, done yes. that more. Okay. Well, one of the things we're going to talk about mm-hmm. is a part of your relationship, um, and that is, um, you know, both you and I um, remained virgins until we got married. Mm-hmm. Okay. That that sexual purity part was very important. Um, to the relationship, and um, I've got I've got a little report in front of me. It says Dallas, uh, which is where we are, Dallas, Texas, ranks number one for infidelity. All right, oh, wow. so the city the city in which we live has more affairs than any other city in the country. Um, now the crazy thing is number two is Houston and number three is Fort Worth. So <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> like, yeah, we're in like wow. a hotbed yeah, of infidelity. Like, this, this is ridiculous, right? Yeah. So, so the concept is 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 purity is not only important going into marriage, purity is important within marriage. But I think I think the idea is if you have that mindset taking it into the marriage relationship, I think you will continue it. Mm-hmm. If you don't have that mindset going into the marriage, I think you're gonna find yourself Right, not starting it once you get married, you'll continue doing whatever you were doing. So let me ask you this particular question, and that is, um, how does a young man right keep his way pure? Mm. Right, what 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 does that look like? Why is it important? Um, and is it? Let's, let's say this, right? You're you know you're you're 23 year old guy, right? Mm-hmm. And you're thinking nobody that I know <laughs> yeah. is is not having sex with a girlfriend. Absolutely. Right? So why, yeah. why should I be the only guy missing out on all the fun and action, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, eventually, you know, like, like you said, eventually I'll get to that point where I, oh, you know, hey, I'm ready for marriage. And then I'll kind of turn that part of me off and get ready for marriage, right? Yeah. What would you say to that guy? I would say that it doesn't turn off. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's fantastic. Just frankly. But it doesn't turn off. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, that's, yeah. that's cute. That's I, a good I, yeah, idea. Yeah. Um, There's lots of things we wish we could just turn on and off in life, right? But absolutely. Yeah, that is not one of them that happens that way. Yeah. So yep, your, your question, you're asking kind of like how – Yeah. What, what do you say to the guy who, who's like literally everybody I know literally. is sleeping with somebody? Yep. Absolutely. Uh, the first first thing I would say is I would I would push back on that and good, I would good. say you'd be surprised on how many people actually aren't sleeping with each other. Yeah, I, I feel like you know Elijah when he says, "Hey, I'm the last guy you know who hasn't bent the knee," and God's <laughs> like, "Dude, there's like 700 of them over there." Like, yeah, just, they're, just, they're around the corner. Just chillax, man. Right? You're not you're not <laughs> the only one. Sometimes you feel like you're the only one, mm-hmm. and and sometimes just the feeling itself. Yeah. Right. Is is it's like it's defeating. But here's here's my thing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you're the only one, right? Because I'm only responsible for me anyway. Absolutely. So so even if everybody else is not pursuing the things, and and I'll, I'll say this, right? When we talk about um, sex before marriage, mm-hmm. right? And we've talked about the importance of uh, maintaining right a pure relationship before you get into marriage because it it actually helps the marriage relationship once you get married. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know uh, they say there's a great study I remember it says once you introduce um, you know sexual intimacy into a into a relationship it basically puts a ceiling on the depth of the emotional relationship within that particular relationship. So if you have uh, if you have sex like you know the first time you meet somebody, you know, night one, date one, have sex. Mm-hmm. That's the emotional ceiling 
for how much that relationship is going to grow. So meaning, so like if, one day of interaction, right? So you're you're together seven years later, but the emotional depth of that is basically like a first date. Okay. Oh, that's because, tough. Because what happens is, right? You use sexual intimacy to solve your conflicts instead of learning how to work through things. Because what mm-hmm. happens in a relationship, right? So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in a relationship with a young lady. Um, you know, we're dating, right? We don't have sex. Um, we just have, you know, relationship. We have an inter- interaction, right? Well, here's the yeah. thing. You're, you're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. You're going to have conflict. You're going to have you know, all those different things. And you mm-hmm. learn to resolve them without using sexual intimacy. Then you get married you add sex mm-hmm. to the relationship, but you have all the different tools that you've produced already and developed and worked on that you take into that relationship as well. So the emotional depth of that relationship, they're saying, mm-hmm. right, is based on when you introduce sex into the relationship. So the concept is, and this is from a non-Christian study, it basically said this, wait as long as you can, right? Now, absolutely. the Bible tells you, wait until marriage. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right? So, you know, if, hey, if you can't wait very long, don't have a very long engagement. That's, mm-hmm. that's the other part of it. Um, million percent. But, but the concept is, you know, is wait as long as you can to introduce sex into a relationship. And from a biblical standpoint, it says, right, wait until you're married. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that is part of the question, right, for a young guy is, how would you tell somebody to actually do that? Yeah, I would say first things first, I mean, sin festers in isolation, even temptation festers and grows in isolation. And so the first thing is reach out, reach out to somebody in your community. If you don't have community, truthfully, find your local church. Um, That's that's how God has provided community and fellowship um, and life togetherness yeah. but, uh, for but believers. Get, but get some other people on get your team. Other, get, right? exactly. get, get your team Grayson together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know I mean? and, it, and say, hey, here's here's what I want to have happen, mm-hmm. right? Team Grayson, right, is going gonna, is gonna to work on this, right, mm-hmm. and make it happen. Absolutely. Okay? And then, and, then, and then we set up a series of things that we talk about in, in terms of um, – what's going to be the best for this particular relationship to keep that purity in there, mm-hmm. right? And give a couple ideas and thoughts of what, what that would look like. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, within community, like within the guys that you know, um, let's say you start dating somebody. Okay. Uh, you want to set those boundaries at the beginning. Right. If you're, if you're setting them in the moment, it's too late. Too late. The battle's <laughs> it's so far gone at yep. this point. Yep. Um, and so one— So before we, before we get into yeah. a, right, an emotional um, you know, moment where we're like, <laughs> okay, so how, how far do I go? What do we do, right? Like exactly. Set, right, have that conversation beforehand. Yes. And just say, hey, listen, here's, here's what my expectation mm-hmm. is, right? And here's, here's what we're going to do to try to fulfill that particular expectation. Have that conversation at the beginning. I love that. A million percent. Have that conversation at the beginning. And I would say whenever you DTR, define the relationship with a girl, yep. that's when you set that expectation. Got it. Um, not any time after. Um, and so I would say set that expectation quick yeah. and, and early. I, and I would say, here's the thing, from a man's perspective, mm-hmm. you be the one leading that conversation. Have to. Have to. That, that's that's where... You want to be different and attractive yes, yes. and make her feel more loved is you lead in the relationship. Yes. 
and she'll feel safe, she'll feel cared for, and she'll feel like you're actually moving forward on this right. as opposed to just kind of entering into some weird half-friendship, yep. girlfriend-boyfriend thing. Love it. Okay, so you're, you're defining the relationship, you're setting those boundaries, you're communicating those, you're getting people on Team Grayson, yeah. right? So that Which, we're all understanding what the expectations are. Whenever we say Team Grayson, we're talking about accountability. Exactly. We're talking about two or three guys that know where you are, when you are hanging out, yep. uh, what time. And uh, my roommate introduced this to me, but they have your passcodes. They know what you're looking up. They know there what you you're go. texting. Yep. They know everything. Those are your guys that you're completely exposed to. So that's that's Team Grayson there you for, go. if you're following along. So you set the expectations early. Uh, you set up Team Grayson. Uh, and then from there, you set up some practicals. Yeah. Um, and so some practicals would be like uh, not being horizontal. And so not laying flat on the ground with the person you're dating. That's just not helpful. Yeah. So something how, as silly as that. How do I watch a movie if we're not lying down? What, yeah. I mean, are you telling me I'm supposed to stand up or something? Like- <laughs> no, you can sit on the couch, but just be aware of how your body is going to react exactly. to being with a girl that you actually like. Yes. And so you just plan ahead, prepare for that. Some practicals, don't be horizontal. That's so dumb. Um, another thing is not being alone past a certain time. Perfect. And so one thing that's super helpful is setting like a time boundary. Okay, if we're going to be alone for today or for this evening, yep. uh, we're going to have somebody join us at 10 p.m. Yep. or 1030 yep. um, before it gets too late in the night and our walls come too far down. Yeah. Um, and so those are two huge practicals. You, you know, who, you know, who's laughing right now. Who? So, so my wife, Trisha listens to this. Uh, um, and, uh, <laughs> so I go to bed early, right? And, uh, and wait, wait, and how even, early are we talking? We're, we're like nine, nine thirty. <laughs> okay. Um, and, do you eat dinner at four too? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, when, when we were dating, uh, and, and this is when we were dating at UT, right? Mm-hmm. So just, we were there together for two years and dated at UT, she was living in the sorority house and we would go out on a date, right? Have a great time. And I would be dropping her back off at the sorority house at about nine, nine 30. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm, I'm dropping her off <laughs> at about nine, nine 30, which is late wow. for me. Right. So I can yeah. get home and I can get to bed. Okay. Uh-huh. And the funny thing is this, most of the girls in the sorority house were all just going out for the evening. <laughs> oh, nice. That sounds familiar. <laughs> As I was dropping her off. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, we needed our friends to be there right earlier because, mm-hmm. um, you know, by nine or nine 30, I'm already, you know, we're done, we're done with the date. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, go to bed. Go to bed. <laughs> this is fun. Yeah. So, no, but I like that. Um, uh, when we dated, when we came up here to Dallas, right, mm-hmm. Trisha had a couple of roommates. I had no roommates. And so we didn't spend any time at my apartment. Yeah. And we spent all the time together at her apartment so mm-hmm. that we had the accountability of her roommates. That's so helpful. Good. Good, and, good um, advice. One other thing. This is even apart from the relationship. Um, but this is just going to help you with purity. Let's say your walls come down yep. and maybe things get a little hot and heavy. Nothing too crazy uh, to your standards, but y'all kind of part ways and you're like, okay, that yep. I guess that was okay. We didn't really cross too many lines, okay. but you still cross some lines. You're still hot and heavy. You come home. One of the biggest ways the enemy uh, has tempted me is uh, on my phone after we've already separated. Yeah. But those seeds are kind of already planted of uh, just that attraction and maybe even that lust. And then you have this device that you can look up anything in the world ever on. It's just a recipe for disaster. And so uh, one big practical uh, that really 
uh, I've been challenged to set up in my own life, even whenever I don't get to see Bailey, is to turn my phone and tuck my phone yep. in for bed. Like at 10 p.m., phone goes up on the charger. <laughs> my phone in for and bed. It. it's out of sight, out Good of night, mind. Phone. <laughs> Literally, I'm like, I'm yeah. turning you off, and yeah. you're in the kitchen, and like, I don't want to be bugged by this, yeah. you know? So yeah, um, we we all have covenant eyes on our phone, mm-hmm. right? So it monitors the places that you go, and then sends a thing to you know your accountability partner. So yeah. um, you can sometimes use the technology to defeat the technology. Right? <laughs> yeah, like, like I got to use this fire against itself, fire. right? But but I love that because I mean, like you know, all of us turn in our phones, right? My wife is the only one who actually has her phone by the bed. The rest of us, all of us, have our phones <laughs> plugged in way over there. Respect, right? Because you just. Like that that device and the access that it has, you've yeah. got to understand, right, that can be a very dangerous thing. Exactly. So, and, and I don't want you to turn off and be like, well, I don't watch porn. I don't – like that – at this stage with social media, that that's not even the biggest ordeal. The biggest ordeal is you scrolling on Instagram and you're not even looking for it, but it looking for you. Yes. And you see a random post and then this post leads to another yep, or you get yep, caught on the yep. explore page. And you get caught in the claws of the algorithm that's just feeding you pictures. And you just don't want to be stuck or caught in that state. That's good. Um, and so really it's it's actively trying to disengage yeah. with your phone to a healthy degree. Yeah. Covenant eyes is awesome. Setting parameters like putting your phone in the kitchen or somewhere outside of your bedroom yep. uh, has always been super, super helpful for me. Because even if you're not looking at porn or actively seeking it out, um, you're actively being in engaged to be triggered to look at porn. Um, And so that's just something that has always helped me to be aware of. They're like, I don't have to Google it to be exposed to it. I could just be swiping through Instagram or Facebook or Twitter and something just pops up. It'll find you. That I can't get out of my head. You got to be aware of it. Pay Mm -hmm. attention. Very good. Okay. What else? Um, We got got the no horizontal. No horizontal. (laughs) (laughs) We got the accountability around you. Uh, We got the um, be careful of what's on your phone and your digital devices, right? Mm -hmm. Making sure that those are clean. What else? Um, this is a, this is a super silly one. Uh, but this is kind of the, one of the other ones that helped Bailey and I was, uh, we had a, like a don't kiss unless we're in public rule. Really? Yeah. Okay. Which is, sounds super silly. No. Um, yeah. but you're going to feel weird if you kiss in public, I would think. And so that really kind of steered us away from like one, not caring what people think to some degree, yeah. but also being like, okay, if I'm, if I'm going to kiss you, I... I have to kiss you in front of a bunch of random strangers, which feels weird. And so it just kind of added another level of, uh, in a weird way, accountability or, uh, I guess, accountability for ourselves to like, okay, if I'm going to kiss you, I have to do it in public, you know, and not kind of in this random room or in the living room or a place that might be a little bit more uh, secluded. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah. And so that's kind of a weird rule. Uh, that we had, but those are those are kind of the big three things: It's not being horizontal, bringing accountability into things, and then lastly, kind of putting a gauge on your phone um, yeah. and really locking that down in a way that uh, you won't be tempted, even outside of the relationship. Um, in, in the meantime, yeah, you know it's interesting. There's a, um, a report that came out dealing with um, levels of physical intimacy, right? So okay. let, let, let's say. You know, you're in eighth grade and you got your first girlfriend and you hold her hand. 
Yeah. Right. And there's a, there's a certain level, right, of stimulation that comes with that. And your body's mm-hmm. releasing these endorphins and saying, oh, that's great. And, and then what happens is, right, you know, you break up with her and in ninth grade, you start dating a, a different girl. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the study said is um, every time you start a new relationship, you will start the relationship at the level of intimacy that you ended the last one at. Right. So, so it's like holding hands doesn't do anything for you anymore. Now you've got to, you know, and you just go through mm. the progression. So yeah. it's interesting by the time you're 23, 24, 25, right? You may have been in a number of relationships as far as dating is concerned. And you may have, you know, gone through a particular progression where it's like, oh, well, for, for me to really demonstrate intimacy to you, I've got to do X, Y, or Z. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the amazing things is, is stop and evaluate that, right? If, if you want to have purity in a marriage, when you have a relationship and you meet, right, you know, a girl that you're like, Hey, I really want, this is the girl I want to marry. Okay. Mm -hmm. Here's the deal. You don't have to start a physical, you know, intimacy relationship with her at whatever you ended the other one with. Absolutely. You know, like when, and if when, that's the only draw, you might need yeah, to evaluate you might need why to evaluate, you're in a right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. But just the whole, you know, hey, we're not going to kiss in public. Like, like you got to say, I want this relationship to work. So I've got to do some things. I've got to sacrifice some things to say that this relationship is important. Mm-hmm. Right. And it might be, hey, you need to st- you need to stop and look at your level of physical intimacy of what you think is okay, and really say. Is that really okay? Is that really where, where I need to be? Or do I need to kind of look back and say, man, I've, I've let these things go too far mm-hmm. and I'm already expecting too much in a relationship and I need to, I need to back that up. And it's a very difficult thing to do right, to, <laughs> to go backwards right, in your physical intimacy. But it's so important to say right, that I, I can't just start right, and keep on progressing mm-hmm. right, because eventually right, – Right? You're, you're going to have a sexual relationship with somebody. And, and then your like, soul's tied. Yeah, and then your yeah. soul's tied. That's the other thing. And we, we got to throw this out, right? Yeah. The Bible talks about um, a marriage relationship, right? And and doesn't put, um, you know, a justice of the peace in the picture, <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. doesn't, doesn't put a wedding ceremony in the picture, right? Uh-huh. It just says, right, uh, and the two shall become one. Yeah, but like, and that's what <laughs> and, they did, and that's that, exactly right. Like, what is, like, what does marriage mean from a biblical perspective? It means the person you're having sex with. Yeah, and so that concept is right that um, that you know when we talk about marriage and you're you know you're engaged, you're about to be married, mm-hmm. right? What is that? What does it look like? What is like from a biblical perspective? The person you're having sex with is is biblically right the person that you're married to. Yeah, and when you stop having sex with that person, you break off that relationship, you move to somebody else, right? In a sense, that's like, a, that's a divorce, right? Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a tearing apart of two things that God has joined together. And when God joins two things together, he, he does it really, really well. Yeah, totally. Because <laughs> he doesn't want them torn mm-hmm. apart. And so what happens is it's like, you know, fragments of your soul are left with the other person and fragments of their soul are left with the other person with you. And if you go through and you do that over and over and over again, Mm -hmm. and then you try to connect your soul with somebody in a marriage relationship with one person. Yes. That's why it can become so difficult. So that's Mm -hmm. why when we talk about why is sexual purity so important, if you want to be in a marriage relationship and you at one point want it to actually work out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That means you've got to make sure that every relationship before that one doesn't include 
sexual relationships, right? It, it's Absolutely. not it's not sexually intimate. So Absolutely. that by the time you get to the one where you get married, mm-hmm. right, you've got that oneness that can be connected through sex that mm-hmm. isn't bringing in all the fragments of all the other people that you've been with. A million percent. And, and I would love for you to speak into not only like is it to prepare you for a healthy, awesome marriage, but it's even to prepare you for like a free – fun marriage yes. like and fun life together with your person. Yes. Like if you want to speak into kind of the fruit you got to experience after kind of really being disciplined in your relationship, yes. uh, I, I bet a lot of the guys would love to hear like, okay, it's not just about being pure for the sake of being pure or okay. for the sake of being safe. It's like for the sake of freedom as well. Yeah. Right? So, so one of the things that we uh, – I talked about with, with Gabe Boyd on here one time. We were talking mm-hmm. about um, – you know, the the idea of a relationship of, you know, I have to have sex with somebody um, because it's kind of like test driving a car. You know, how do you know if the relationship's going to work out if mm-hmm. you don't have sex with them? Yeah. And my statement was, and, and, and the other day I pulled up and there was a Rolls Royce actually sitting out. And, and one, yeah. of my, one of my favorite things about the Rolls Royce is the, uh, the little wheel hub thing, right? Mm-hmm. How they are. Never, oh, never turns. Yeah, and I saw it. And so I was like, "That cool. is so cool." <laughs> <laughs> but, but I, I made the statement. I was like, "Here's the deal. If I were, if I were going to buy kind of a, you know, a used Toyota, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. a 2014 Toyota, whatever, it's like, yeah, I'm probably going to get in and test drive it, make sure it works, right? But if yeah. you told me, hey, that Rolls Royce over there, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you this Rolls Royce. Um, I'm like, not going to go, oh, I, you know, hey, Grayson, I got to test drive that thing. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I already know. You're like, I'm that, jumping in exactly. that thing and driving like off. Thing, that thing is a Rolls Royce. And so my concept was always when I meet a girl who's a Rolls Royce, mm-hmm. I don't need to have sex with her before I get married. Yeah. Right? That doesn't even make any sense. I don't need to test drive mm-hmm. that because I know that person, right, that all those other factors are going to be part of who she is. And it's not even the most important part, the sexual relationship, right? The intimacy that we have can Mm -hmm. include our sexual relationship, right? But there's so much more that goes into the intimacy, right? And so just kind of that idea of of those things all grow and develop and you begin to um, learn, right? And experience those things for the first time with somebody who's learning and experiencing it for the first time with you. And it's like, mm-hmm. the cool thing is, it's like, yeah, neither of us have ever been down this road before. So nobody's really an expert. So we're just kind of having fun and enjoying it and yeah. learning as we go through the process. And it's just, it's, yeah, it's a total enjoyable experience where you're not bringing something into, right? Mm. The marriage relationship, Right, that you're bringing right a lot of experience in something that unfortunately doesn't really do you any good with a person. Yeah. Right, the, the the past experiences you had don't make you a better lover mm-hmm. with the person that you're with. Yeah, they, they just don't because sex isn't purely a physical it's thing. It's not right. It's, yeah, it's it's completely emotional, and even though it includes the physical, right. obviously, and it's spiritual, and it's Be- spiritual because God's the one who designed it. Right, mm-hmm. and so it is a is a combining of your physical, your emotional, your spiritual, mm-hmm. all together. And just because you've done that with somebody else, right, it doesn't prepare you or equip you or make you better at doing it with the person that you're with. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't. In fact, it it kind of damages it, right? Because you bring into that particular relationship things that you don't even want in there, mm-hmm. right? So that's a that's a great thought, just from your perspective as you as you share that. You know, that you, you want as little coming into the relationship <laughs> in, ter- in terms of baggage. Absolutely. Right? You want mm-hmm. as little junk that you take into the relationship with mm-hmm. you as possible 
so that you can grow and develop with that particular person in the way that, right, that relationship is going to go. Absolutely. So, good, yeah. good thought. So any other practical advice for the young guys out there? We talked about accountability. We talked about your phone. We talked about, uh, you know, um, that, you know, we're not, we're not going to be horizontal. I got guys, are, you know, <laughs> they got the picture in their head. Okay, yes. I, get, I get what you're saying, Grace. And I know what you mean here. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, the, the time period, right. Let's, mm-hmm. let's be wise in terms of our time, right. We're not going to be up watching a movie at one o'clock in the morning. It's like, Oh, what yeah. happened? Well, of course, you know, you're, you're tired. Right. I think that's, that's an time together. That's an important thing is just, just to realize, um, you know, that, that when you're tired, right, you don't make great decisions. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, you know, providing that accountability so that, you know, Hey, we want to spend time together. We want to get to know each other, but Mm -hmm. you know, we're going to need some other people around us so that we can grow and develop without falling into doing things that we don't want to do. And it's just, it's good to have other people around you who can hold you accountable and, and get you to that point. Absolutely. Yeah. And I know uh, I've seen in past relationships what I haven't had and just fun mm-hmm. with that person I've tried to make up in physicality. Right. And so in a silly way, one one thing that really helps is just have fun. Yeah. Good, clean fun with that person. Okay. So when I talk to young boys, uh-huh. right, one of the things is um, boys who don't know how to communicate well, um, who can't speak well, who can't mm-hmm. engage another person in the conversation, yeah. you can always go to physical touch. Mm-hmm. Okay? Exactly. So yeah. if you're raising a young boy, <laughs> right? <laughs> a scary help, idea. But help him. Help him learn how to communicate with a girl. Help him learn how to communicate better mm, so that he can, he can sit across from a conversation you know, and have a conversation with somebody. Because if he can't, he can always go to physical touch. And a woman is wired for physical intimacy, Right. Mm-hmm. We've, we've talked about this, you know, with Dr. Joe McElhaney, right. Mm-hmm. And in his book hooked, he talks about how girls, when they're touched intimately for 20 seconds, her body releases oxytocin. Oxytocin is a chemical that helps her to trust the other person. And so mm-hmm. what happens is physical int- intimacy can be used, right. To create this bond. Right. But it, yes. it short circuits the, the ability for the boy and the girl to really create a bond based on something other than physical intimacy, mm. right? Conversation, shared interest, having fun together. Absolutely. So that's the concept that you have to go to is saying, hey, I don't want to short circuit this relationship. So mm. learn how to talk to each other, right? Learn how to ask questions. Um, yeah. and, I, and I think that's one of the, the, the arts and the skills that young men haven't developed yeah. because we can use phys- physical intimacy to mm-hmm. bond us right in a relationship absolutely when when that needs to be much later in a relationship the thing that right gets you connected to a girl needs to be those shared interests that common right the things you shared about right mm-hmm. that you know what what was it that you really liked about bailey and you shared things other than her physical presence right mm-hmm. you shared things about her character and her personality and all that you right yeah. those are the things that are are really going to grow and develop and then when you add the physical relationship later, they enhance the things that you've already gotten. Absolutely. Yeah. And to go back to the to the young boy analogy, even the person, that boy, or maybe you're a young adult here, a guy listening to this, and all you hear is uh, just kind of things that might not apply to you. Or maybe you think the fun thing, maybe being sociable, wouldn't really help you out. But I just want to encourage you, let's say uh, – you don't know how to talk to a girl. Just us talking. Okay. Maybe you don't want to admit it, yeah, but yeah. you can't really talk to a girl. Um, usually, it it's a sign of it being harder for you to even make friends. So maybe you start with, hey, I'm going to learn how to make 
friends. Like right. I'm going to learn how to uh, have some guy friends I can do things with, ask questions with, totally. check in on life with. Yep. And usually from there, one, that'll help you feel less isolated. Yep. Maybe that'll give you your team grace or your accountability. Yeah, totally. you know? And then from there, you learn how to develop an actual relationship as opposed to just kind of shortcutting it straight to the sexual exactly. side of the relationship. Good point. Um, which I love. Yeah. And so I think, I really do think having fun, learning how to be sociable solves so many problems of yeah. loneliness yeah. that might just push you into the sexual nature of a relationship in the first place. Very good. Now I'll throw one more thing in there that I would be cautious of in terms of um, developing a relationship. There is a... Um, another thing that can kind of short circuit a relationship and that's alcohol. Mm. Um, when you add something in that lowers your inhibitions, mm. right? The idea being, Hey, I want to, I want to keep this particular standard. And all of a sudden now we're not really making the best decisions because in, in some sense, right, we've made a decision to bring something in that doesn't allow us to make the best decisions. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, right. I think, I think, especially in a relationship, right, where you want to do it well and you want this relationship um, to be, right, like, hey, this is the girl I want to marry and, and mm. I want to be married for the next, you know, 60, 70 years, right, and I want to yeah. have kids, right? I'm just going to say, here's the deal. I don't think alcohol helps you do that well, mm. right? I've seen so many people that alcohol, in a sense, short-circuited the ability for them to really evaluate if this is going to be a great life mate, Mm -hmm. Um, and they connected and they combined with somebody, right? Because in a sense, the alcohol lowered the inhibitions, made that connection. And then all of a sudden at 30, right, they kind of look across and they're like, what what in the world am I doing connected to this guy? Right? Why am I connected to this girl? And it's Mm -hmm. like, well, (laughs) let's go back to your dating relationship, right? And some Mm -hmm. of the decisions that you made weren't they, they didn't give you the ability to really look at somebody and say, hey, is this going to be the best relationship for me or not? Yeah. Right. And I think you've got to you've got to be you know, scripture calls it being sober minded. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's, it's a really good term. Right. You've got to be sober minded um, so that you can make these difficult decisions. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I would rather I, I know my dad had always talked about this. Of like I would have rather been lonely at 30 than wanting to get out of a relate like a yeah. marriage so, so the way we say it 30. right i'd rather be um single wanting to be married than married uh, <laughs> wanting to be single well said right like yes. That, yeah so if you're if you're single wanting to be married that's a good place to be right but if mm. you're married wanting to be single that's a bad place to be. It might be a little tough. Yeah, it might be a little <laughs> tough. So anyway, that that's good. I appreciate um, the conversation. There's, I think there's lots of uh, good and, uh, and and healthy, right? Um, you know, advice and uh, recommendations, practical things that you shared with some guys. Um, I think the biggest thing out of all that, right, is is um, is not only developing your team, Grayson, um, but really the standard of what you're choosing to be as a man, right, needs to come from someplace. And I think um, my idea, right, is as, as a Christian male, my idea of what it means to be a man is defined by God and, and how God has created me. Mm-hmm. Um, so these ideas of what marriage looks like, of what a relationship looks like, of where sex, is, right, all mm-hmm. those different things yeah. are not Dan Panetti's how does this fit in, right? They're God-designed right? God dictated, right? So that Dan's not just bringing his own thoughts into it, but I'm looking at it saying, if God's the one who designed this whole thing and he's laid it out and given me the, you know, the process of saying, here's how it's going to be the most successful, Mm -hmm. that I'm going to follow that particular dictate because I know 
God's design not only works, but he wants what's best for me. Absolutely. So, I love that. Good stuff. All right, Grayson, thanks for the conversation, man. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Training for Manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable, make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also, check out additional content on our website, trainingformanhood.com. That's training, the number four, manhood.com. Until next time, in the words of King David, be strong and show yourself a man.